Hey guys, how's it going? This is Josue Salcedo, youth pastor of Remnant Youth here at King Jesus Ministry. This is the Remnant Youth Podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in with us today. And if you're looking for something that speaks louder than your situation and you want to know what God is saying now, then this message is for you. Luke chapter 6 verse 45. I'm going to just give you a brief recap of everything that we spoke about. Because it's very important that this is instilled in your heart and in your spirit. Amen. Can you just read with me? A good man out of good treasure of his heart brings forth good. In other words, when someone has a good heart, they bear, they bear good fruit. Um, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. So if you have a good heart, you're going to bring forth good. And if you have an evil heart, you're going to bring forth evil. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, have a good heart. Now, this is the part of the verse I want to highlight and I want to speak on for just the next couple of seconds. For out of the abundance of the heart, his what? His mouth speaks. Say with me, heart and mouth. The heart and mouth are Two devices, two compartments that are connected. Say with me, my heart is connected to my mouth. The way you speak and what you speak about has everything to do with the treasure that you hold dearly in your heart. The Bible says that the power of life and death is in your mouth. So with your mouth, you either speak life or you speak death. And if you speak life, it's because your heart is filled with life. If you speak death, it's because your heart is filled with. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, speak life. So let's, let's go over what we want to highlight over this scripture. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Last week, one of the things that we touched on was every time you prophesy... You speak out of the abundance of the heart of God. When God utilizes to give somebody a word, when God utilizes your mouth, your voice, your tongue to speak life, you're actually speaking not from the place of your heart, but you're actually speaking from the abundance and the place of God's heart. And every time you prophesy, every time you speak from the abundance of the heart of God, young people, listen to me. There's nothing that the heart of God can't heal. There's nothing that the heart of God can't restore. There's nothing that the heart of God can't revive. There's nothing that the heart of God can't rekindle. I'm talking about every time you speak out of the abundance of the heart of God, you're going to change one of your family members' lives. You will change an entire generation. Oh, somebody holler, holler. I need to speak from the place of God's heart. And you want me to tell you something? Usually when we have a prophetic service or a night of the prophetic or usually when the church brings forth a prophet to minister to the people of the church, usually the church always gets packed. And usually people always want to sit in the front and usually people always want to sit in the seat where the man or the woman of God can see them, where they can be seen and recognized. And all of a sudden leaders start fighting for the front, for the front row. And all of a sudden, people want to 
sit in the first couple of rows and 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 usually those that are not regulars at a service all of a sudden set their calendar and that date apart to be there and you want to know why usually the house of God and the church gets packed when a prophet comes to the church or when we do prophetic services because everybody wants to hear from God There's a desire in every man and in every woman to hear what God has to say about him. I don't think there's no one on earth with an open heart that can say, well, I don't really care what God has to say. Well, I don't really care what God wants to tell me. No, I think that there's a known or unknown desire in every man or woman. The moment they realize and they find out, hey, God can speak to you. I think we all have the desire to know what does God have to tell me? What does God have to say? And and you know why people want to hear from God? Because usually people know what people think about them usually we know what people have to say about us everybody knows what the ex has to say about you everybody knows unfortunately what even family has to say but when you find out what God has to say about you when you when you find out what God thinks about you God let me talk to this side when you find out how God sees you something unique begins to happen in the life of a man or of a young person the moment they find out how God sees them what God thinks about them you already know what that ex thinks about you and sometimes it's unfortunate you really find out what people really think about you after you've invested and given your time and given your heart and given your emotions and sometimes some of us have even given our bodies and then after we really find out what people think but let me tell you when you hear what God has to say about you and when you start hearing things from the abundance not of that ex-boyfriend or that ex-girlfriend or that friend you used to kick it with but when you start hearing hearing from the abundance of the heart of God that will change you can I preach to you tonight something happened the moment I found out what God had to say about me something happened to me personally the moment I found out how God sees me what God thinks about me the potential God knows it's inside of me everybody wants to hear from God so every time you hear a word from God It's not coming out of the heart of man. It's coming out of the heart of God. Numbers 23, 19. Numbers 23, 19. Does anybody want to hear from the heart of God tonight? I said anybody want to hear from the heart of God tonight? Read with me. God is not that he should what? Has anybody lied about you? Has has anybody ever lied on you? Lied to you? God is not man that what? God doesn't spread rumors. God doesn't gossip. God doesn't talk bad about you. God is not man that what? Nor son of man that what? In other words, one of the things that we went over last week, last Friday night, is 
If you're going to allow anything to be shaken in your life, let lies be shaken. Let what people have to say and what people think and all their criticisms and all their opinions be shaken. But don't ever allow what God has to say about you be shaken. Don't ever allow what comes out of the abundance of the heart of God be shaken in your life. You got to hear what I'm telling you. Because sometimes when you hear from God, people's hearts are not going to feel the same. But it's okay because you don't need to hear out of the abundance of an evil heart. You you ought to hear out of the abundance of the heart of God that doesn't have to repent because he doesn't make mistakes. New flash. If God prophesied over you, whatever he said, he's not going to repent of. It doesn't matter if you miss the mark. It doesn't matter if you make mistakes. It doesn't matter if you look completely opposite to the word that he gave and prophesied over your life. He's not man that he shall repent. If God said it, take it to the bank. If God says it, I don't care if you sinned last night, he still sees you for who you are. He ain't a liar. Oh, but pastor, people don't think that I'm good enough. People don't agree what God said about me. Let lies be shaken. It's not God that has to repent. It's people that have to repent. And sometimes that's going to be your family. And sometimes those are going to be people that you admire and look up to. And sometimes those are going to be your own friends that they can't see past sin. Because they themselves have sin. They can't see past flaws. But God can see past all of that. God can see past all of that. In other words, young people, if you're waiting for someone to agree with God, if you're waiting for people to agree with what God told you, you're making your first mistake. You're making your first mistake because every time you lend your ear to man, you're taking a risk of hearing a lie. But every time you lend your ear to God, there's no lie in what God says. Question, what has God said about you? Ask your neighbor, neighbor, what has God said about you? How does God see you? What does God think of you? How does God feel about you? That's what you should be concerned with. That's what you should be worrying about. Not what people that you go to work with think about you. Not what people you go to school with or you hang out with think about you. What does God have to say about you? Because whatever it is, there's truth in that. Some of you are still trying to base what God said about you based on the opinions of people. Some of you, you're still waiting for people to agree and accept what God spoke already over your life. Let everything be shaken but what God has spoken over you. Luke chapter 3, verse 21 through 23. Luke chapter 3, verse 21 through 23. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was what? 
Every time God speaks, the heavens are open. Verse 22. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him and a voice. Say with me, voice. A voice came from heaven which said or which prophesied or which declared over Jesus, you are my what? In you I am well pleased. What was Jesus' prophetic word? Let's try that one more time. What was Jesus' prophetic word? In other words, God prophesied over him, you're my beloved son. Do you know and do you realize that that's the number one reason why they crucified him? That's the number one reason why they persecuted him. That's the number one reason why they took Jesus to the cross. Because he believed what God the Father had to say about him. Not everybody's going to believe that you are beloved son of God. Not everybody's going to believe that you called to do great things. Not everybody's going to believe the prophetic word that you receive. As a matter of fact, sometimes it's going to be hard on you to believe what God is saying because you're looking at yourself and you're saying, man, I can't even clean my room. Man, I don't even got my whole life together. Man, I'm broke. Man, I'm this, I'm that. But when God speaks over your life, when the heavens open and a voice voice descends from heaven and says you are my beloved son in whom I'm pleased and I'm calling you to save all of humanity and I'm calling you to go to the cross and he begins to prophesy and reveal all that you're called to do and he begins to prophesy your purpose here in this world let me tell you not everybody's gonna believe some people might want to kill you for it. Some people might want to take you to the cross for it. Some people might want to fight you for it. But you got to be willing to go to the cross for your purpose. You got to be willing to go to the cross for your prophetic word. You got to be willing to take nails. You got to be willing to take lashes. In other words, some prophetic words and some promises are not going to come easy. You got to be willing to pay the price. Are you willing to pay the price for people to stone you? Are you willing to pay the price for people to reject you? Are you willing to pay the price for people to not believe in the word you receive? God is not man that he shall lies will try to come against you lies will try to deceive you and distract you lies will try to convince you of other things but God is not a liar verse 4 so right when he received this prophetic word chapter 4 I'm sorry Luke chapter 4 so right after he received this prophetic word, look what happens. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. We don't got time to go there. Let's go to jump 2. Uh, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. How many days was he tempted? And in those days he ate. And afterward, when they had ended, he was, tell your neighbor, you're going to get hungry, neighbor. When God prophesies over your life, you're going to get hungry. You're going to get hungry to see that word come to pass. 
You're going to get hungry to see that breakthrough and that blessing. You're going to be hungry to become that, to walk as that, to be that. Are you here tonight? Verse 3. And the devil said to him, if you are the what? What did he come to do? He came to tempt the prophetic word. He came to challenge the prophetic word. If you are who God says you are. He came to challenge the prophetic word. Some of you, you're here tonight and the devil's been tempting and he's been challenging the prophetic word you got two years ago, three years ago. You see, every time you get a prophetic word from God, every time you receive a promise from God, you better believe the devil's going to challenge that word. The devil's going to challenge your thinking. He's going to challenge your mindset. He's going to challenge your thoughts. He's going to make you feel like you were the wrong candidate. He's going to try to make you feel like you're not anointed enough. He's going to try to detour you. He's going to come and challenge and he's going to say, oh, you, you a son of God? Oh, you a Christian? Oh, you the one that's destined to do greatness? Oh, you the next pastor in line? You the next leader? You the next mentor? Oh, you think you're going to achieve that? You think you're going to come out of that neighborhood? Oh, you look at you. Look at with your broken shoes. You think you're going to come out of the hood? Oh, look at you with your negative bank account. You think you're going to own a business? The devil will always try to challenge what the father of lights has to say because he's the father of lies he's a deceiver and every time you get a good word from heaven every time you hear a voice from heaven and someone speaks out of the abundance of the heart of God the devil always try to come to challenge that word are you the son of God I was there in that baptism but are you that look at you hungry you can't possibly be the son of God and what did he say? Command this stone to become. Verse 4. But Jesus answered him saying, man shall what? But by what? Now this is important because the temptation here is do it yourself. Every time the devil, every time God gives you a prophetic word, every time God gives you a promise, the devil's always going to try to get you to do it on your own. He's always going to try to get you to do it in your own understanding, in your own strength. He's going to try to get reason mixed up in the mingle. He's going to try to, for oh man, he's going to try to force you to become what God already prophesied. But can I tell you, you don't got to force it if God said it. You don't got to do it on your own. Oh, let me preach to somebody here tonight. Listen, if God was the alpha to that prophetic word, let him be the omega to that prophetic word. Don't try to do it on your your own don't try to make it happen in your own strength he's gonna try to get you to do it yourself let me see how I can manipulate this word to come to pass. Newsflash, God doesn't need your manipulation, He doesn't need your input, He doesn't need you. He doesn't need you to make it happen on your own. Verse 5, then the devil, taking him up on a high, high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms. What did he show him? 
all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Verse 6, and the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give to whomever I wish. Verse 7, therefore, let's go back to verse 4. We jump one. Verse 5. I'm a little confused. Verse 6. So let's just go from here. And their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I can give to whomever I wish. Verse 7. Therefore, if you worship me, all will be yours. And what does Jesus say? And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me. For it is written, you shall what? You got to stand to your feet and say that loud. You got to talk to the devil tonight. You got to talk to that devil that's been trying to challenge everything that God has ever told you. You need to tell the devil, for it is written, you shall what? And what? In other words, the devil is always going to bring you an alternative. He's always going to try to distract you from what is real. God prophesied to you, you're going to be a businessman. But then the devil will come around and say, hey, do this scheme right here. He's always going to try to present to you a counterfeit. Jesus snatched those kingdoms that the devil was trying to tempt them with. Every time you receive a prophetic word, the devil's always going to try to present to you an Ishmael. He's always going to try to present to you a counterfeit. He's always going to try to present to you a distraction. Ladies, you got to be careful with every man that comes up to you talking about, God told me you my wife. He might just be a distraction. Can I give you a piece of advice, ladies? Ask that brother, how many women have you told that to? Listen, the devil is always going to try to bring you a counterfeit. Let's just let's back, jump back to verse 2 because we missed one, and this one's important. Verse 3, man, where is it? Verse 4, verse 5, verse 7, 8, 9. I, I feel like, how many of you know that there's three temptations? Okay, it's the last one. Then he brought him to Jerusalem. Set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are what? Throw yourself down from here. How many of you know that that's suicide? Verse 10. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. You know what's so skillful about a deceiver? That deception usually always comes mixed in with truth. 
Deception will always come mixed in with truth. Here's the devil trying to spit some truth with a deception. Hey, kill yourself. Because there's this truth. But what does Jesus say? For it is written, verse 11. Verse 12. And Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not what? The third thing the devil will try to do when God gives you a prophetic word is to abort it. He'll try to get you to throw yourself. He'll try to deceive you. He'll try to tell you, hey, listen, you're not good enough. You can't do it. Try this route. This route is better. And it's only to steal from you. It's only to kill what's in you. It's only to steal what God already gave you. Listen, the devil's always going to try to get you to quit. He's always going to try to get you to commit suicide on your purpose. On your calling. On the gifts God has given you. If God has given you a word, persevere in it. If God gave you a word, believe it till the end. Can I get an amen? And I'm going to close now. And I want to give you How many of you remember last Friday I gave you two ways to see prophetic words come to pass? Number one, write this down if you weren't here last Friday. The first way, I'll just give them all to you. The first way is, let's go to, let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, 39. The first way you see prophetic words come to, to pass in your life. How many of you have received a prophetic word or a promise from God? And you want to see it fulfilled in your life? Just a couple of people here. How many of you want to see those words come to life. The first thing is thirty-nine. The first thing is you must have the right attitude about prophecy. You must honor the prophetic. Verse thirty-nine. The Bible says to covet. To desire prophecy. To desire the prophetic. In other words, if you receive a prophetic word, but you don't value prophetic words, you don't honor it, you think it's a gimmick, you think it's pretend, it's emotion, it's a game. Listen what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 12, 39. I'll tell you what it says. It says desire prophecy. Covet it. In other words, embrace it. Cherish it. When you receive a prophetic word, cherish that gift from God. Desire that word. In other words, the first thing you got to do is believe it. The first thing you got to do is have faith. How many of you have read Apostle's book, How to Walk in the Supernatural? There's a chapter exclusive it, it, it speaks about faith if there's a chapter just about faith 
And basically what he teaches is God has given us all a measure of faith when we are born. Everyone, no man can say I don't have faith because we're all born with it. We all have a measure of faith. And the reason why God gives you a measure of faith is so that at one point in your life, he can speak to that faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing. That's why when you receive a prophetic word, what is God speaking to? He's not speaking to your mind. He's not speaking to your emotions. He's speaking to your faith. And he put that, he deposited that faith to begin with because he knew at one point in your life, he's going to speak to it. He's going to speak to that faith. He's going to illuminate you. He's going to illuminate your eyes, your vision. He's going to speak to that faith in you that he deposited so that you can start seeing what he sees. You got to have the right attitude. You got to believe it. You got to want it. You got to desire it. Some of you, God has prophesied all kinds of greatness, and you've treated it like, hmm, uh, whatever. You're not doing anything about it. It's in the back burner. You got to have the right attitude. Say with me, right attitude. If you want to see prophetic words come to pass, where's your faith in that word? What are you doing about that word? How do you feel about that word? Do you desire to become what God sees? Number two, I got to fly. Straight up. Number two, remember. If you want to see prophetic words, I didn't get the chance to say this uh, last Friday, but I'm going to share it with you, and it's going to bless you. About six years ago, I'm lying, maybe seven years ago, seven and a half years ago, I'm in my room, usually on my birthday, either the week to my actual birthday or the day of my birthday, I wake up really early, uh, like 2, 3 a.m. early. And, I, and, I, and what I do is I go all the way back to my last birthday. And I go day by day. I do my best to go day by day, week by week, and start thanking God for everything he's done in that year of life. I thank him for every promise that was fulfilled, every breakthrough, every financial breakthrough, every time he blessed me, every, every time I was affirmed by a friend, by a leader. I, I, I think of all the insignificant things, all the little things, and I just start thanking him. I thank him for the things that happened throughout the 21-day fast in January. I thank him about everything that happened on Friday nights. I think, about, I, I think about everything, and I just thank him. And usually as I'm thanking him, God gives me my own prophetic word for my year, my new year of life. And I remember seven and a half years ago, the prophetic word that God personally gave me in my own prayer life, in my own prayer time, in my secret place, is he told me, he says, son, you're not going to have the money you need. You're not going to have the money you need this year. In order to do what I'm calling you to do. Now how many of you do not want to receive a word like that? I mean we all want to receive I'm going to prosper you. And you're going to have prosperity and wealth and abundance. And it's not the word that typically people are looking for. But that's the word I received. I knew God spoke to me. And said hey you're not going to have all the money you need. For all the things I'm calling you to do in this brand new year. Listen. Don't try to do it. You're not going to have it. And... What I got, what I learned from that word is I'm never going to have all the money I need. Because even the day that I have millions, I'm going to need multi-millions or billions. And what God was trying to teach me was 
though you're not going to have the money you need for what I'm calling you to do this next year of your life, you got to believe me for it. And the moment God told me that, that word was set in my heart, and I will remind myself daily. Young people, you got to listen. I'm telling you, I will remind myself daily and weekly what God told me. I will recite it to myself. Oh, swear, you're not going to have all the money. You're not going to have none of the money you need. If God's calling you to open up a business, you're not going to have it. If God's calling you to get married, which that's what God was calling me to do, you're not going to have it. How many of you know you need a ring to get married? Guess what? I went back to that word in December. God told me what I'm calling you to do. You're not going to have the money for it. And I tried every which way possible to get that ring. I, I thought about selling my car. I mean, I was willing to do whatever. And God says, hey, are you going to trust me? There's something about remembering God's word. You got to write it. You got to meditate on it. You got to reflect. You got to go back. You got to recite it. You got to put it somewhere where you can see it daily and you remember what God told you. Don't deviate from it. Don't detour from it. Don't try to make it happen in your own. If God said it, remind yourself and let the Spirit of God lead you. So number two, if you want prophetic words to come to pass, you got to remember. You become what you remember. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so he is. Let me teach you how this can work against you. I'm not going to be like my dad. I'm not going to be like my mom. And you pray it. And you're making valid prayers. But the fact that you're thinking about it so much, you become that. So when you think about what God says about you, when you reflect on God's word, on his promises, and the prophetic word you receive, and you just meditate on it day and night, like Joshua 1.8, meditate day and night on the word of God, and then you shall prosper. People are not prospering. People are not becoming because they're not reflecting. They're not remembering on what God said. The more you remember, the more you become. I'm trying to teach you tonight. This is for hungry people. Number three. Oh, and I think I'm going to just end here. Because now we're going to prophesy. Write this down. Let's go to Romans 8.16. Are you ready for this? Because God specifically told me. And let me give you a number, a number four. And then we'll go back to number three. You got to war a good war. If you want prophetic words to come to pass, you're going to have to fight for them. You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to fast. You're going to have to declare what you declare you attract. You're going to have to fast for that word. You're going to have to believe for that word. You're going to have to fight people for that word. The Bible says that Jacob even wrestled an angel for his breakthrough. You got to fight for what's yours. There's certain things that young people listen to me. I remember Pastor Frank taught me this a long time ago in my car while I was driving him. He told me, hey, Josh, there's certain things that unless you fight for, you will never have. 
You got to fight in prayer. You got to fight with fasting. You got to fight with tongues. You got to fight with your mouth. You got to fight with your confession. You got to fight with your declaration. And this is the key to your fighting. You got to be consistent about it. You can't just do it over a weekend. It's not a memorial weekend kind of thing. It's an all year round kind of thing. Day in and day out. You're going to have to put venge on your face. You're going to have to slap some boxing gloves in your wrist, in your hands, and you're going to have to go to war. The Bible says, King David said, God, you made my hands for battle and my fingers for war. God made you mighty and powerful. God didn't make no sucker. He didn't make a punk. He didn't make a wussy. He made a warrior. He made a giant killer. And if you want to make it to the palace, if you want to be king to what's promised to you, you're going to have to slay a Goliath. You're going to have to slay some giants. You got to have a different spirit. You got to be the one that's bold enough and brave enough to go into the enemy's camp and say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I don't come to you with sword. I don't come to you with a javelin. I come to you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. You got to fight for what's yours. If God promised you, you got to fight for it. The Bible says that the violent, that the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent. You know what I've learned? It's easy for you to take things by force when you know they're yours. If that's my phone, I'm going to snatch it from your hands. And I'm going to take it by force. Because that belongs to me. When you know, when you know something belongs to you, you'll take it by force. When you know that that's your breakthrough, that's your promise, that's your prophetic word, you will take it by force. You will knock on any door. You will kick down any door. You'll do whatever you got to do because you know that's what God told you. Number three, that was number four, and I finish. Witness to your prophecy. Romans 8, 16. This is good. Read with me, and we close. The Spirit himself... Bears what? With our spirit that we are what? You know what the Bible teaches us? It teaches, it teaches us to test all things. The Bible teaches us test the spirit. Test prophecy. Test prophetic words. If you receive a prophetic word, the Bible teaches you and I to test it. And then later it says that it's our spirit that bears... And this is going to deliver you right now. I hear some chains. Listen. Can I teach you something that will change your life for the better, not for the worse? It doesn't say that your soul bears witness. It says your spirit bears witness. And nowadays, people make the mistake trying to bear witness with their mind 
trying to bear witness with their emotions, trying to bear witness with their will, instead of trying to bear witness with the spirit. The Bible says test all things. Test prophecy, test promises, test prophetic words, and it's your spirit that bears witness, not your soul. Let me teach you what I'm basically trying to say. If you're waiting for your mind to fully comprehend everything that God is telling you, if you're waiting for your mind to fully comprehend and understand everything that God is saying, listen, you might delay yourself. You will hinder yourself because the word of God is supernatural. It's not natural. God's not calling you to bear witness with your mind. He's calling you to bear witness with your spirit. In the book of Isaiah says, my ways are greater than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So as heaven is greater than earth, so I am greater than you. Every time you hear from God, it's always going to be greater than what your mind can handle. And if you're trying to bear witness with your mind, well, I don't know. Look at me. Look what I'm not. Look what I haven't achieved. Look what, I'm, what I don't have. Listen, you're going to delay your breakthrough. Your mind can't bear witness to what God tells you, but your spirit can. Because I don't know about your spirit, but I know about mine. My spirit has no limits. If you speak to my spirit, my spirit can see it. It can see the trailer. It can see the behind the scenes. It can see the, mo the whole movie. Because my spirit doesn't have limitation. The flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. Listen, let me tell you something. When your spirit bears witness, you're willing to do whatever you got to do. When your spirit bears witness, you're willing to believe. You're willing to be a go-getter. You willing. You believe it. You see it. You be, you, oh, you know it's possible. When your spirit bears witness, you start removing the impossibility of God's word over your life. You start removing reason. All of a sudden, your mind starts shutting down and your spirit becomes alive. And all of a sudden, your reason shuts down and the switch to your faith turns on. And all of a sudden, now you can see now there's hope now you believe can I get a witness don't try to bear witness with your emotions not everything oh not everything God tells you you might agree with if you're waiting for your soul to bear witness to a word of correction you might not agree with it. You might not like it. Your spirit bears witness. And if you're trying to bear witness with your will, let me tell you something. You can't pick and choose God's word. You can't pick and choose. You can't say, well, I want to do this, but I don't want to do that. Well, I agree with this, but I disagree with that. Well, I'll take this portion, but I'm going to leave that. No, no, hold on a minute. Listen, you can't bear witness with what you will. Jesus said, let it not be my will that's done, but let it be your will that's done. When you receive a prophetic word, you can't pick and choose, baby. You got to run with what God tells you. And what's the flip side to that coin? If you think that you don't got to do anything, 
that you could just lay back, chill, go to the beach, hang out, go on all kinds of vacations, and that word is going to come to pass? No, no, let me tell you something. Your spirit is going to have to take a hold of your mind. Your spirit is going to have to take a hold of your emotions. And even when you don't like the process, and even when you don't agree with it, and even when you, don't, you can't even comprehend and you can't even see yourself on the other side, your spirit is going to have to take a hold of your mind. You got to listen to what I'm telling you. Your spirit is going to have to take a hold of your emotions. Whether you like it or not, we're going to continue to move forward. Where you can, whether you can see it or not, we're going to continue to move forward. You got to hear what I'm telling you. Even when your will wants to be lazy and apathetic and all passive, your spirit got to take a hold of your will and your spirit got to say hold on a minute we're going to work this miracle we're going to work this prophetic word is there anybody here that wants to bear witness with your spirit is there anybody here that says you know what I don't care what my mind has to say I don't care what the devil's trying to feed me I don't care how I feel whatever God told me I'm going to make I'm going to make it my business to take it by force I'm going to take a hold of my will I'm going to take a hold of my mind. I'm going to renew my mind every day. I'm going to crucify my flesh every day and I'm going to take a hold of my will and we're going to make this thing happen. I want you to stand to your feet. There's a couple of things that God told me to do. In a few moments, we're going to activate every single person here to hear from God. Because the ultimate goal of God is for you to be able to hear him yourself. God wants to be able to speak to you. And it's not that when God is able to speak to you or when you're able to hear God on your own, you no longer make room for what other people God may use to speak into your life is that God desires relationship. And he won't even allow an office that he himself ordained to hinder you. Because if you're always expecting to hear from God through someone else, tonight God wants to activate you to hear God for yourself. So we're going to activate every single person to hear God and to prophesy. But before we do that, we're just going to take a moment to just worship. And like we did last Friday night, I want you to begin to reflect and meditate on every prophetic word that God has given you. I want you to take a, a moment to, to reflect, to meditate, to remember all that God has said. Thank you for tuning in to the Remnant Youth Podcast. We would love to invite you to our Remnant Youth Conference where you'll be strengthened in your walk with God, empowered to reach your destiny, and influence others to do the same. For more information, just visit our link in the description. 